Attention Patriots, this is The Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's gonna stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd, it's ridiculous, it's unconstitutional, it's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And uh, uh, we are happy to be here with you today in the midst of the political theater, the political drama, all that is William Barr. Seriously, I'm going to start off today's show with a quote from George Washington because I think it totally it totally fits what we've got going on today. The alternate domination of one faction over another Sharpened by the spirit of revenge, Washington says, natural to party dissension, which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most horrid enormities. That's some pretty strong words from Mr. Washington there. The most horrid enormities is itself a frightful despotism. But this leads at length to a more formal and more permanent despotism, he says. The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual. And sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation and to the ruins of public liberty. I'd like to say, JC... That's happened about a thousandfold now. Right. And and you want to... I think the tendency in that is to say, hey, wait a minute. Um, well, is he referring to the uh, DNC leader, the GOP leader, the House Speaker, whatever, the President? I would say, yes, all of those things. It's every politician at it's this point. every politician. Whoever has the opportunity at limelight for the moment. Yeah. Right now, the chief of the faction is Nadler. He's the one who carries the bully pulpit. He's the one that is is organizing his faction. And these people all across America are using this platform to create a political division that frankly, JC, simply does not exist. Because what we have here is um, I've been having fun on Twitter with this. I think t w when you get to these political absurdities, to all this political theater and everything that's going on, I like Twitter because Twitter has a certain uh, air of snark and, you know, they quick wit. 
and I and and I think this is really the only way to maintain your sanity while you're dealing with all of this, is is the quick wit and the bites of it all, and uh, so the backstory is if you've been living under a rock, uh, William Barr testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday for five solid hours, and he was supposed to be testifying today before the House Judiciary Committee, and he has refused to appear. By the way, 40 to 60% of Americans at any given time uh, live under a rock. Just FYI. FYI. Yeah, I don't think that the people who listen to our show live under a rock. Though. No, no. I'm yeah. just, just for your information. Right, right. You're saying that they're completely politically unaware. They don't watch the news. Then they, yeah. they don't pay attention to what's going on. Correct. At the so height, it's probably at the evening height. news. What happens in their neighborhood is about the most that they're going to get. Yeah, best. Though at the height of any sort of uh, popular presidential election, sixty percent of the American people participate. Midterms, it's forty percent. Yeah. Well, I knew the midterm elections. So any, anywhere yeah. between forty and sixty percent of the American voting population is completely uninvolved in governing their own country. And I think that's probably just. So I just thought I'd drop that. Yeah, but I think that's probably a very generous uh, estimate because what you're referring to are voting. Uh, when it's not voting day, those people don't are, are not engaged at all. How no, many that's times? What I mean. Yeah, I mean, so it's yeah. even less than yeah, 60 yeah, yeah. or 40. No, yeah, yeah, I get your point. Yeah. Right. So how sure. many times. Have some people, in other words, some people wake up only, only to vote. So, only to vote. So probably right. on a day to day basis. You know, maybe three quarters of the, the voting population doesn't have a clue what is going on in their government. Probably. Yeah. So anyway, back to your story. <laughs> you just... Oh, my goodness. So back to my story. So uh, what I'm finding amusing is the way this partisanship works. Right. And it's. It's a complete reliance on what Washington was talking about, this this party dissension, the factions, yeah. what you call tribalism. tribalism. Mm -hmm. And it's a reliance on tribalism. It's a reliance on the ignorance of the people. I think it's even a reliance on the short attention span and memory problems that we have because sure. – what we're asking, uh, Barr, or I'm sorry, Nadler says, uh, Barr is trying to blackmail the committee. We cannot permit the administration to dictate uh, to Congress. But let's, let's do a little history check here, JC. In 2011, House Counselor Rumler refuses to comply with congressional subpoenas and testify regarding to Solyndra. Mm -hmm. Okay. 2012, Attorney General Eric Holder is in contempt for refusing to to supply materials to testify to even comply with the subpoenas of Congress. He's actually found in contempt of Congress. Right. 2013, IRS Director Lois Lerner refuses to testify. Mm -hmm. 2014, the executive uh, White House political director, his, his name was Simus, refuses to testify on congressional allegations that the Obama administration has engaged in political financial improprieties. Mm -hmm. In 2016, the Department of Justice, Loretta Lynch, refuses to in answer in congressional inquiries over Clinton emails. Yeah, and the Nadlerites 
had no problem with any of these things at the time. None. None whatsoever. Yeah. But what even more so is that th that when all of this was going on, there was a Republican majority in the House. You, you didn't see this kind of political, exaggerated political theater while they were in the majority in the House. And I'm just... I'm just really curious because there's obviously a cultural difference here, JC. Oh yeah, there's a no question huge about that. cultural difference. Yeah, and well, I, I think, yeah, it's a different, it's a different sort of moral framework or lack of moral framework. I think between the two, the two general sort of splits of what people generally call left and right. Um, I don't think you, you, you have a it. I don't want to say that. I guess in the terms we think about it, when I look at the left, they don't really seem to be constrained by a sort of moral compass. They, they do have a morality, but it's, but it's a, a very different one. Why is there hypocrisy? And, and I'm not saying the Republicans are not hypocrites because, because politicians by nature are hypocrit hypocritical, you know, when they're trying to deflect from themselves or yeah, from their party sure. or whatever. But my, my, my musing here is why are the left, the Nadlerites, as you call them, so Oh, I mean, so boldly hypocritical. I mean, yeah. it's like larger than life. Yeah, so I, I think, I don't know if morale is a good word, but, but on the right, there's more of a traditionalist ethic. Uh, so then there's certain things that, there's certain things that they don't naturally do. It's a self-governing kind of thing, it, it, maybe? It is, and, and there's, there's kind of a limit to how far they will go and you know in how they behave in certain certain areas right, and most right. of the democrat in the democrat realm they don't have those constraints and so you know this does the hypocrisy and that sort of thing doesn't bother the guys on the left in general right right um so you know not surprising i mean this is the kind of hypocrisy you see vacillate back and forth with change of administration and it's just the tribalism it's all about party for party i mean this is not you know they they of course they try to couch it in sort of high brow you know high road terms yeah, exactly the, the moral security, ground yeah the higher moral ground the security right. of our voting system and, right you know all this sort of stuff they're they're not concerned with that it's about political points right you know against the other party so you know i mean this is nothing new right it happens all the time i think for Barr, it looks like, I mean, to me, Barr has handled himself very well. He comes across very calm and deliberate. You know, he hasn't turned, he hasn't, so far he hasn't turned it partisan. He doesn't sound so partisan like the other side. Everything they do is blatantly partisan. Um, but now the problem here is the house so he's testified to senate they've asked him all these questions for They'll five ask hours the same questions on the house but on the house side uh they want staffers particularly they want lawyers right to interrogate william barr which has never in the history of a congressional hearing never ever 
happened. Yeah. It is, in, it is, you know, they get on, they get, a, the Nadlerites, as you call them, they get, they, they get their panties in a wad when you start talking about unprecedented. But the very definition of unprecedented is that it's never happened before. Sure. And so to classify this as unprecedented is, is actually accurate. And is this a, congr the question then becomes, JC, is this a congressional hearing or is this a trial? Right. Because when you start bringing in outside attorneys to grill him, this looks more like a trial than yes. it does a congressional hearing. Yeah. And you can't have it both ways. You can't have a congressional hearing where you completely circumvent, where, the, where you actually have the autonomy to completely circumvent due process, or and then call in lawyers and give the, the air of a trial and then still be able to ignore due process. It's not supposed to work that way. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. JC, maybe we need to highlight the Freedom Plus Morality t-shirt <laughs> for our show today at the Liberty First Gear and, and what's going on. Remember, Washington told us that these factions would, would create... Uh, going to undermine liberties. Gonna horrid undermine, enormities. Yeah, it's going to yeah. undermine our system to of government. To the destruction of liberty. And it has for the last several decades well and, and this is just getting worse and this is my point you now have all of this hysteria that's happening and you have uh which is really the product of congress itself mm -hmm. this is what what you always say they say in the south the chickens coming home to roost right congress has created the environment of presidential uh autonomy they have created an era of presidential, unlimited presidential authority. They created this. And now you have Nadler upset that you have presidents, and I'll just say this in plural because remember we showed all of these instances of the Obama administration. You have presidents who consider themselves above Congress. And I say, you know, that's exactly what's happened here. They have created a, a, a political reality from their continual sloughing off of congressional responsibility mm -hmm. and accountability and putting it all and blaming. You know, you have to do that so you can blame the president for everything that's wrong. That's what they do to hide their accountability. It almost seems like we've so Congress has created a reverse of Great Britain. So in, in Great Britain, you have the monarch is is simply a figurehead, right? Yes. And the parliament runs the country. We're, we've almost, Congress has almost flipped it through what you're, you know, their mm -hmm. process where that Congress in the last, you know, I would say decade or more has uh, become more. essentially a figurehead. Uh -huh. And then most of the power has been invested in the executive, which, which then looks more like a monarch. And now so we're, we're, almost, we're almost a polar, you know, sort of, what do you call that? Negative. Yes. Negative image of, of uh, well, but think about the fact now of Great Britain. that the House wants to bring in the judiciary attorneys into their congressional hearing. So this is this is 
really a, a one step further, the complete destruction of separation of powers. Yeah, well, they haven't, I, I, from a political point of view, they haven't been able to shake William Barr, and they mm -hmm. haven't been able to get through his legal acumen. So, right. I mean, it, to me, it's a, it's a admission that we are not, like the House is saying, the House Democrats are saying, we're not competent enough <laughs> to deal with Barr in the manner that we're supposed to. So they're trying to get what they see as experts. Oh, we no. need, we're we need not somebody... competent enough to trap him into, a, in, yeah, yeah, into exactly. a position to say the things we want him to say right. so that we can use his uh, our mischaracterizations of his statements against him. Yeah, he, he's been too... Uh, too consistent, too—I don't want to use crafty, but he—he's done such a good job, and they've watched him. Mm -hmm. You know how he's given his answers and 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 all that. And so I, that's why I think the the appeal to the lawyers to bring the attorneys in so they could trap him. But I want us to say. recognize, though, that this really even is even if it's just merely a tool on behalf of Congress, this is a very dangerous step in in a direction of the dissolution of separation of powers. And and like I said before, this turns a congressional hearing more into a trial than just simply an inquiry by Congress. That's supposed to be two separate steps. It's why Eric Holder was found guilty of contempt, but then prosecution was never brought against him. The trial right. never commenced, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you have that wanted to show this, this picture. I don't know, oops, wrong one. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you have uh, Steve Cohen, a Democrat from Tennessee. I don't know if you saw this video on t on uh, Twitter, JC. You haven't been on there very much, but uh, he's got this rubber chicken, and he's up there in a press conference, and standing next to him is Representative Lou from California, and they're trying to mock Barr by calling him a chicken for not appearing uh, before the congressional hearing and he's bouncing this rubber chicken or a chicken bar. Why is he being such a chicken? Bah, bah, bah. And I'm thinking, how old are you? Yeah. See, this is this cultural difference that I'm talking about. There's almost an arrested development here, right? Mm -hmm. These people are children. It, it strikes me as very, ah. very, as very sleazy. Yes. I mean, our the politics devolved into that. Now, you know, on the other hand, you know, this is Trump has that kind of style, very mocking. Yeah. Oh, so style. maybe he's bringing that out in them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're. I mean, maybe he's lowered the bar in that sense, and so they're like, That's hey, very now, now let's get in on it. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show, and we are talking about uh, William Barr today uh, a little bit. We are talking about the you know, the only thing that I can really think of, the, the first word actually that comes to my mind, JC, is absurdity. The, 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 the behavior of the Nadlerites are absolutely absurd. There's one more thing. Oh, no, actually, two more things that I want to talk about. Yeah, and, the, and the chicken stuff is just theater. I mean, yeah. the stuff that Trump does, you know, the way he, he uses that kind of the, the mocking and criticism. 
that's just theater, and Trump is very effective at it. I mean, he he gets under their skin, and I I think this that's what shows how it, we've gone through such a period of Trump has really put a beat down on these guys, right? And you know how they are; they're really uh, they really strategize this stuff. So somebody somebody sort of they probably hired. Uh, some people to analyze it and they said Trump's been so effective at this and they analyze why and then they probably have some paper where they've laid, laid out these techniques and they have people sitting in the room like Trump just comes up with this stuff you know uh what was it Lion Ted and Little Marco and mm -hmm. Rocket Man I mean he just comes yeah, up with yeah, yeah, yeah. Democrats they probably have some group <laughs> that they hired they yeah, a marketing this, yeah group. there's this marketing firm <laughs> here take this rubber chicken yep take this rubber chicken when you go where your press I guarantee conference you, it took a rubber. dozen people somebody bought 14 rubber chickens yep. and they picked the right rubber chicken yeah, exactly <laughs> it took probably a dozen people to come up with this so they're trying to do what Trump does naturally mm -hmm. You, you know, and just just going at them like this. It's it's really comical. Here's the but thing. But these guys are sleazy. Right. So they're, they're not going it, to. It, it's always going to come across pictures wrong different. Yeah. I mean, because we've seen Lou. And every time Lou, you know, opens his mouth, he, he's just a lying scumbag. I, this guy Well, I want to talk about uh, Senator Maisie Hirano. Yeah. Speaking of lying <laughs> lowlife. I mean, this, yeah. these are the people. I'm sorry. I need to shut up. But these are the people. This is the level of people you're dealing with Democrat Party. Well, um, C-SPAN covered this yesterday. And there's if if you go to my my Twitter feed, I have retweeted the video of Senator Maisie Hirano actually uh, you can't say she's questioning Barr. It's more of a, of an opening statement. She just speaks for like five minutes. Always. And what's interesting, JC, is the depth and the detail that she goes into in the history of Barr to try to impugn him. She's talking about Iran-Contra, and she's talking about Barr's history in other presidential administrations sure. and how he has a history of actually um, siding. So her allegation is, is that you've sided with the president, and that's why I voted against you. I knew you were going to side with the president and not with justice and whatever. And yeah. she lines out all these things that, that he's had in his past to talk about how she he sides with the executive or whatever. Sure. And I thought to myself as I'm listening, because, uh, again, to me, it's the hypocrisy. Can you imagine... If the Democrats were dedicated to that kind of detail, how different the history of the Fast and Furious hearings would be. Yeah. How different would the history of the Benghazi hearings have been? Mm. How different would the would the the hearings of the Clinton emails be yeah. if if this was actually an honest recitation and an honest desire for justice as as senator Maisie tries to make it appear and not a partisan one you know and i think this is part of the reason you know sort we sort of mentioned offhandedly the people the amount of people that are uninvolved mm -hmm. and checked out and don't know what their government is doing i think this is one of the contributing factors this this stuff when these people speak, people like Hirano and Lou, are it's so openly hypocritical. Yes. People know that's what they're going to get. You can't believe anything these people say. You can't take them seriously. 
And so people stop even listening. That that's how the problem I think is the big picture, yeah. that's how these people undermine the republic. They undermine yes. our system of government because they in turn cahoots. it into such a circus yes. that the people who are supposed to be self-governing check out. Well, but then you also have the collusion with the media who 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 latch on to this yep. like like a dog on a bone and you're not going to hear the fact that Senator Matt Gates that had his microphone turned off on him as he was trying to ask to make parliamentary interjections to sure. the to the to Nadler, right? Yeah. So instead of actually uh, actually which is in, which is interesting, ironic, whatever you want to call it to me, you have the, the Democrats going on and on and on about justice, about following the rules, about following the law. Then you have Matt Gates in the Judi House Judiciary Committee interjecting with parliamentary rules, sure. and Nadler is completely disregarding the simplicity of parliamentary rules yeah. to the point that they shut off his microphone. Yeah, I, I mean, he's talking, and they right. turn off his microphone. Sure. That to me goes back to the ethic of the left, the lack or lack thereof. It's well, just how they are. I I wish you don't see that kind of thing right. when the GOP is in charge. But I would. But even if the GOP was in charge, you wouldn't see this in the news. Right. Right. So this is the collusion of the media who yep. will latch on to Hirano, who will latch on to Nadler, who will latch on to the Chicken Man. They'll latch on to Lou, and they'll they'll make this the reality. But they'll, they'll never cover ever for the Democrats. Right to cover for the Democrats, but they'll never ever ever show the fact that Americans across the board are losing representation because of this fractionalized. Uh, party po politics, which allows one party leader to very realistically and actually silence their representative. I mean, here I am, a Floridian. Matt Gates is not my representative, but he represents people in my state. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching the speaker of uh, the, the, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee silence him yep. physically. I mean, it it could have been only worse if he had had a, a press gang come up and tie a micro uh, tie a, a a gag around his mouth. Because now they silence the microphone. There's no record of what he has to say. He has no voice. That means the people in his district have no voice, and the media will not cover that. Mm -hmm. Will not cover that. One last thing, because you you like you like Mr. Lou so much. Here's Mr. Lou. He tweets. Low life Lou. Low life Lou. Not surprised Barr is scared of coming to House Judiciary Committee after his terrible performance today. I, I am not a Barr fan. I've no. never been a Barr fan. Mm -hmm. But scared is one thing I don't think that man is. No. And I don't think that, that Barr would ever be scared by the likes of of Democrat politics. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem about him. But what I thought was very interesting about Ted Lewis, and I, I actually tweeted back at him. I, I doubt he'll respond to me, but he says, also Barr admitted to Senator Kamala Harris that he didn't read the evidence in the Mueller report. I'm thinking Barr needs time to read the actual evidence before making things up. And what I asked Mr. Liu is, is that sort of like members of Congress passing the bill before they read the bill. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, shouldn't our congressmen then spend time reading what they have before they're passing what they have? And these are the kind of things that come to my mind to, to bring about this hypocrisy. And I want to show something, a, a tweet here, JC, from the uh, minority leader in the House Judiciary Committee. His name is R Doug Collins. Now, he tweeted this out uh, on April 30th. Thankful for Representative Jerry Nadler's willingness to partner with me on the prescription pricing for the People Act. This bill will bring needed transparency to the drug pricing landscape, which means more choices at lower costs for patients. They don't have any trouble partnering up when they're doing something contrary to the Constitution. They don't have any problem playing nice with each other when they're consolidating more power into Congress and into the federal government. I want to know, behind the scenes, what is really going on here? How are they able to just simply say, oh, well, you know, we have these whole theater. I, I think this is just more evidence that there is more and more theater than anything. None of this is reality. This is all just political partisanship, and you have now, uh, we're, we're happy to join up together when we're engaging in unconstitutional authority, we're engaging in activity that is not delegated to Congress, that is stealing power from the states, that is trampling on the rights of the people, when in reality, the full reason that our prescription medications are totally out of whack is because Congress has been involved in, in the process to begin with. So we're going to create a solution to a problem, and we can have bipartisan help to create a solution to a problem that was created by the problem. And so I don't know, maybe I'm offline, but that just totally smacks me in the face with everything that's going on in this whole, uh, I hate you, you hate me, we hate each other, and we can't even be civil to each other when it has to do with creating these divisions and attacking uh, one person or another, but when it comes to actually following the Constitution, when it comes to actually doing the things, these are the things that, that would be classified as their job. Not engaging in fishing expeditions, not engaging in uh, the unconstitutional replacement of due process with congressional hearings. And they can't even do this right. They're completely, completely out of control. I don't know. I'm just speechless about the whole thing myself. It's really, really irritating to me. I would wish that they would spend more time sticking with the Constitution. Good luck with that. So why... Uh, yeah. So meanwhile, back at the ranch, the 20% of the people that are paying attention are completely distracted from what the really important issues are. How many people are going to talk about the the, the fact, the, the point that we brought out today that bringing in the lawyers is a violation of separation of powers, it's a replacement of due process? How many people are going to even mention the fact that once again, the, the Dems and the, and the Republicans don't have any problem partnering up to to destroy the constitutionally the constitutional limits of enumerated power. Meanwhile, 24/7, you're going to have nothing but bar clip after bar clip after bar clip and men running around with plastic chickens, <laughs> bucking at the media 
and nobody thinking that this is completely and utterly absurd. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Our highlighted t-shirt today, freedom plus morality equals liberty. You find that at chrisannhall.com. Click on the shop and go to the Liberty First Gear link where you can see all the cool stuff that we have. Don't just pontificate, educate. As we close out today, more partisanship. I sent, uh, I sent you this article, JC. I thought you might have fun with it. High school mulls removing George Washington murals because they're traumatic to students. A high school, where do you think it is? Northern California. I'm surprised. Northern California is usually the, the more reasonable part of, Northern, of, of California. But, you know, depends on where you are. it depends on where you are, right. Um, George Washington High School, remember we had this with the James Madison High School as well, to be specific, is mulling over a push to remove two 83-year-old murals from its hallways. Critics advocating for the removal say they are offensive to Native Americans and African Americans. They say the pair of panels traumatizes students and community members. That's pretty crazy language. Yeah. You're traumatized by the sight of George Washington. What would cause someone to be traumatized by the sight of someone you've never met, who's never laid a hand on you, who you've never spoken to? That question has deep answers, but I always think when I hear these things that um, we're raising such weak and ignorant people that at some point it shouldn't be hard for a person or small group of people to rise up and and dominate this society I right mean, just rule <laughs> over them we are we we create such weak weak-minded well, ignorant people that was my point jc the choice of the words here traumatizes right i can say well i don't like it because, you know, I've been taught that George Washington was a slave owner. I don't think there's allegations that George Washington was mean to the, you know, the Native Americans. But, you know, the African-American generations have been taught that George Washington was a slave owner and that he hated black people. And that's what they've been taught. So I can understand that they wouldn't like it or they would, they would think that it was disrespectful but traumatized. Yeah, I, that, that is an extremely strong word. No, because I, I mean, it, it gives you a vision of somebody walking up on it and not knowing it's there and going, ah, and then crunching away in a corner and crying and sucking your thumb, traumatized. Well, that's who they are. I mean, that's what we produce. You look at, think back of uh, the, the stuff on the, on the campus what was at Yale and those colleges and they, uh, they had coloring books and lollipops and you know, all this stuff, they had to have their coloring adults, book time. Adults, and, that's right. They had to have their coloring book time. So to, to, that, that's, uh, that's what, th this thing that goes on, on the college campuses and in public education is, I think, psychological abuse. I mean, when you, when you have basically brainwashed and, and trained children so that when they're young adults and adults, 
to that is the reaction to a picture of a dead guy. That's psychological abuse. When you re, when you uh, uh, can produce that kind of response, you know that's like the, you know, if if I I beat my dog enough, then I can just I look at him and he cringes and cowers mm-hmm. or starts shaking. This is a sign of of abuse, and so I think that's what our education system produces. So this is I think our political system produces this as well. All of this hysteria and absurdity. I I agree. Well, they capitalize on what the education system has produces. Then you know, of course, it it continues and expands because the those people that the education system produces become parents, and then the parents get on in on the act. So they're raising children like this. So, and then they're in the media, and so the media contributes. So there's a whole system that where we produce this kind of generation, um, where they're ignorant, right? I mean, we've talked about, we have a whole class on the founders and slavery we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, so Liberty First University, we have a class called Slavery and the American Founders, where you can find out the truth about George Washington right, and what so, he actually said yeah, and so train up a children that will take over when the cowers yeah. are in the corner. So they're... Re- they're when you know the history, then their reaction doesn't line up with mm-hmm. the reality of history. And this is, this is to me, this is a broadcasting, uh, you know, by the educators, this high school in particular, saying, we have failed. We're failing. Mm-hmm. We're bad at our jobs because they've, they've not produced mentally strong students and they're not accurately conveying history or they're not uh, preparing people to deal with uh, history that may have offensive pieces in it. So educate your children at Liberty First University and they won't be in their corner sucking their thumb at the side of George Washington. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you this weekend.